Hi there, my name is Min, and I'm a tiny Vietnamese book, movie, and overall fiction lover. Welcome to the Mini Bookworm Podcast, where I give my honest mini reviews on books, comics, or TV shows that I've enjoyed recently. If you've just finished a book or series that you have lots and lots of feelings about, or if you're looking for some fun literary and media recommendations to delve into, then hopefully this podcast will be the place for you. Hi, bookworms and casual listeners. Welcome back to the mini bookworm podcast. And today we are discussing Invincible again, but with the addition of a very special guest. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hi. Um, so let me introduce myself or try to at least. My name is Hung and I am one of the Minis podcast's biggest fan. Yay! <laughs> and I'm also her boyfriend. Yeah, which is why he has a bias towards this podcast. But you know what? A fan is a fan. An audience member is an audience member, and we appreciate him all the same. Yes. And I would like everyone to appreciate her podcast as much as I do. I think that would be a little bit overkill, but thank you so much. But yeah, so today... We are diving into the world of Invincible. If you haven't watched the previous part of this review, then again, I'll just like to repeat a couple of trigger warnings for death, murder, blood, violence. You know, just a lot of like gore. Um, so uh, also we're going to be spoiling a lot in this part. We're going to be discussing in depth what the show is, the plot lines, characters, big reveal points. So if you don't want to be spoiled, then definitely do not listen to this. But if you're interested in potentially, you know, just listening to two people discussing a show that they really liked and see if you agree with us, see if you disagree with us, have any thoughts that you want to chime in with, then, you know, this is the part for you. Also, I think I should mention that We've watched this series like, what, one or two months ago? Only one. Only one. So maybe our memory, or at least my memory of it, was a little bit hazy. So maybe we missed, or I missed, some details that like, I should point out. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. I definitely don't have the series as fresh on my mind as I originally had. But also, I feel like that's also given us time to really... Mm. percolate and let our thoughts and feelings just simmer and you know do their thing so i think it's still a good time to review it don't you think yeah absolutely there's no bad time to review so great tv series like the invincibles so yeah all right so let's get into invincible the amazon studios comic adaptation version so Hung, tell me about your regular taste in movies slash TV shows. What do you normally tend to gravitate towards? Well, I watch all kind of genres, I suppose. But in general, I think that all everything that I enjoy has a common thing. Is the kept it has to have a good like logical stories, like the ends. Mm-hmm. has to tie in well with the beginnings and all mm-hmm. the little details 
in the movies have to have some meaning to it. I hate it when like people, like directors, they throw in random things to please the audience right. and not really fan to service. yeah fan service yes and not really to develop the story mm-hmm. and has like mm, zero actually relation to the characters of agreed um or the stories in general so yeah i love a good stories that's what i like look for in like not just uh, movies and tv series but like in books and tv i, I mean video games their own kind of other media as well mm-hmm. yeah yeah and so well actually i think the story is best told by you so tell so tell us a little bit about how you discovered invincible oh yeah so um invincible i first knew about it through memes yes yes memes. you heard it correctly memes yes uh so i'm not Sure, but I think about uh two or yeah two months ago, uh, uh the there's their video clips taken from the series they started getting popular and while scrolling through Facebook, yeah. I think and I came across one of the videos and it was ooh one of the best fight scenes I've ever seen. Well, not really mm. the best, but the most gory. High praise. <laughs> yeah, well, it's the most bloody and the most intense. And it's like, ooh, I mean, you don't usually get that kind of fight scenes in TV series. Mm-hmm. Especially animated ones, right? Yeah. And the like how they were depicted, the blood and all kind of violence that was portrayed in that video clips is it captured me and i think it captured a lot of people i feel like a lot of people also found out about the series in the same way as i did uh, through popular fight scenes that have been shared around in like social medias Mm -hmm. yeah and well because i found out about the tv series when the when the tv series has not been like released like all of the episodes has not been released yet solely the first and second episode i think mm-hmm. so there's a i think there's there's only one thing that's actually was popularized that time is the first spice in the first episode and if you have watched the series you know what i'm talking about it's so brutal and that actual actually that fight scene i think we almost missed it right yeah so the thing is um when we watched the first episode we never oh well like we we didn't know the format of the series we didn't know this like i say it's a running joke Mm, uh, every time that the characters say Invincible, which is the title of the series and also the name of the superheroes that is the main characters. For the first time in that episode, uh, it would just cut into the title scene. Yeah, it's like, um, I don't know, like a screen with just a title on it, but it gets progressively bloodier with each episode, which is a fun touch. Yeah, so as we were saying, because while watching the first episode, we didn't know that. So we thought that title sequence was the end of the episode. And we, because we didn't have 
much time to watch. So yeah, we, we just, were watching it on like a break and like yeah. in between work, <laughs> a lunch break. So actually. yeah, so we were like, okay, okay, we're done, we're done, we're done. And then we didn't realize we skipped the most important part of that entire episode. Yeah, and like I was like I was really wondering because I know exactly that that scene was in episode one because I've watched it, I've watched it on Facebook and I've read the comments, of course. The comment said it was on episode one, so I was like really surprised. But then I, the next time we watch together, uh, I told her to finish that part, and yeah, and turns out it was the like the the most important scenes of the series actually. Yeah, I feel like to me it was kind of like discovering Marvel's. Mid credit scene, but it wasn't technically mid credit, but it had the same surprise and shock factor. So, especially because it was so key in the plot development of the story. So yeah, that was just a big moment of what the hell just happened. Because if you've watched the series, then you know the first episode originally progresses like really calmly. It's like oh. Mark like discovers that he finally has powers, and he thinks that he's finally going to be like his dad, who is Omni Man and like the strongest superhero on Earth. And then we actually find out in this end bit scene that Omni Man like destroyed the Guardians of the Globes, which was Earth's fake Justice League slash most powerful defense force, and he just cut. Through them with such ease and speed, it was really brutal to watch. It also extremely surprising because they don't give you any motivation about why he did that in the first place. And so that's kind of the main thing that we see. We know he did it, and we're just kind of waiting for the rest of the cast to catch up, to find out who who did it, but also why they did it. And it's only at the very end of season one that we get the reasoning behind it, and I think it's it's like a really good build up until that moment and that final culminating fight scene slash reveal. Yeah, and that final fight scene is also one of the biggest meme. Like, yeah, <laughs> it totally uh, is. Yeah, one such of the biggest meme. meme going around recently, and uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? That memes where Omni Man. Like after having bitten, uh, invincible almost to death, he points like after this flashback that I may I might talk about this flashback later, but after this flashback, uh, to him raising, uh, uh, Mark as a child, and uh, he stopped. He realized that he was beating his child, and he stopped, and he point at his head and be like really angry. Mm-hmm. He said, Mark, Mark think, think Mark, Mark, think. It was so funny, but so tragic at the same time. Because yeah. it's, because the context of it is like, Omni-Man is completely destroying Mark, who even though is supposedly has the ability and the potential to be just as strong, just as powerful as Omni-Man, is currently still a teenager. So he hasn't fully grown into them and hasn't had the chance to hone his powers the way Omni-Man has who has been alive for like hundreds and thousands of years. So Mark is basically a mess, a 
beaten pulpy mess on the ground and Omni Man is just raging at him. And it's so deeply tragic, but again, really comic because it's so exaggerated at the same time. But yeah, that scene is iconic in the meme community. Yeah. Um, well, because, well, mostly because that format can be applied to so many things. I've seen so many people being creative with it. Okay. But this is not a podcast about memes. So, yeah, so what I was talking about, uh, what I usually find to be the thing that I'm most interested in when watching a TV series, which is the plot. I've, uh, well, uh, as you know, at first, I did not like watch Invincibles uh, because I knew that the plot was good. I just know that there was bloody scenes a lot of bloody scenes, uh, something that I quite enjoy. <laughs> yes, you video game nerd. We know you like a lot of gore and blood. Yeah, but not in that way. It's just like uh, the blood was not something that usually um, shown with that volume on the television. Yeah. So I was looking forward to watch like a lot of fight scenes with that much blood, but turns out um, those fight scenes was just uh, a nice touch, a nice additional to the story, which mm-hmm. is, in my opinion, one of the most uh, innovative mm-hmm. uh, yeah. superheroes uh, stories that I've ever seen. It's mm. completely not completely different, but it's. It follows a different format than uh, Marvel's movies and DC movies. And um, you might have noticed like how dark it is. Yeah, much like it's, it has this fun factor, these little comedic scenes um, that uh, Marvel's uh, make use of these comedies a lot in their movies. Uh, but is but the uh, invincible series still have these dark moments that DC make it then natural in their movies. Yeah, I can completely agree with that. Like Marvel typically has a much brighter tone to their superhero movies. They're very hopeful usually, except for you know Infinity War, which killed off half the universe. Sorry for spoiling, but most of them end up with the heroes doing really well, coming out victorious, and the villains being defeated or put into jail, or somehow, I don't know, somehow being recruited into the force of the good. And so that there's always that levity in it, the, the idea that things will turn out all right. Whereas Invincible... It seems upbeat because it's about, you know, teenagers. It's much more lighthearted. It's supposed to be more relatable to a teenage audience. But in actuality, it tackles extremely dark topics. um, And it's extremely vicious. It's, It's so, so, so gory. The fight scenes don't hold back at all. You see all the innards, all the blood. 
all the brains and guts it's really gruesome and also it's very at odds with the rest of the comedic effects and dialogue and characters and so i think that's why i really liked invincible is because of that balance between comedy and like witty remarks True. and these like darker more realistic themes that actually i would say appeal a lot to more mature audiences yeah yeah i completely agree with that and i i think you've mentioned in your review as you find invincible it's like um mixed with between spider-man homecoming and uh the boys which is a tv series in uh, amazon as well yeah yeah so i find that's very interesting and it's just it made me think about all the other superheroes movies there are in the market and i think invincible is up there with one with the like must watch superhero movies or tv series oh wow precise. that's pretty high praise honestly yeah because well uh well actually i've i've talked about i've talked a lot about how i like uh series with good stories but like um why is invincible stories so good well it's because it's not just the stories of the main characters which is mark uh or the invincibles but it's also the stories of other characters surrounding him i think like instead of being a like a series about how mark grows and like everything is started from Mark's internally i feel like this series depict how other peoples and like how other uh how his friends and families are are feeling and what's this like uh storyline affect mark's storyline yeah that's really true yeah so well even though the first thing that the first big thing happened in the first episode which is the fight scenes that uh we've mentioned uh it is like it has nothing related to mark yet it's uh omni man's fight scenes and we did not know why he did that at the time it became like the mystery of the series and uh through these mysteries like uh the plot i feel like the plot revolves around this mystery rather mm -hmm. than around mark's development mm, i actually argue that they're kind of done in tandem so the murderer and mark's coming of age and like really coming into his superhero role kind of play out side by side in that you still have the mystery and this global defense agency is still investigating what happened to the guardians of the globe and mark's mother is getting visits from the from the devil um i forget his name but the devil detective devil and detective. yeah yeah i know it's, yeah. A, it's a fun alliteration but yeah uh, Debbie, who is Mark's mom, is still getting visits from the devil detective who is telling her that, you know, she might want to look into her husband and why he wanted his suit back so bad and what was he doing on the night? Why did he, why was he the only one to come out unscathed from the big Guardians of the Globe fight? Yeah, so then the murder, this murder and like finding out, well, 
as the audience, we know who's done it, but we're finding out the motive behind it as the plot progresses. We all, but then it's like in parallel, we kind of get Mark who is really figuring out what is his place in this superhero universe where there are a lot of superheroes other than Mark. So he isn't necessarily essential. Like they could do without him. His skill set is great and would be a great advantage to the teams, but at the same time, they're doing fine without him. And a lot of the time, his inexperience, and because he's such an amateur, it really gets in the way, actually, of all the saving of Earth. And so I think those two storylines actually yeah, weave true. in together really well. True. Well, the thing is, uh, Mark's development as a superhero is really focused by other characters, not because like there are not enough superheroes around. True. But it is because Mark is only man's son. He has, he has yeah, his blood inside of him. That's why when shit goes down, when Omni Man turns, yeah. 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 Everyone believes that Mark is the only one who has a chance standing up against Omni Man. That's why Cecil which is mm-hmm. the the head the of the head. global defense agency thingy. Yeah, whatever that is. <laughs> that <laughs> Clearly, one. you can see we haven't watched this show super recently, so yeah. gaps in memory. Please and forgive us. Yeah. yeah, Cecil. That's why Cecil was so interested in Mark, and he gave Mark's assignment, like personal assignment and personal meeting and calls, even mm. interrupt his dates with his girlfriends uh, just to like give him a task and he's been tasked to like fight aliens and stuff like right after he discovered his um, power mm-hmm. yeah. yeah while while he totally could have like uh just send the teen teams or any other superheroes out right there. yeah because mark is the only one who has super strength he's also yeah. definitely not the one who has flight so he again, he's not necessary for these, but I think that plays really into the the one of the main themes of the show, which is the idea that a parent's legacy and a parent's shadow really puts a burden a lot of the times on the children. Mm-hmm. We see that a lot with Mark, who has to live up to the image of Omni Man, but at the same time also has to uplift Omni Man's expectations of him, which are much more twisted than we normally think, mm-hmm. and also run directly counter to the expectation of the community and the global defense agency and everyone else who is human and not how Voltramite like Mark is. Oh, Voltramite. And... I'm sorry. I, I kind of forgot. <laughs> no, that's the okay. Name of the yeah, planet. Yeah. yeah. No, that's totally fine. But yeah, it's like we are getting, so Mark is very much so shaped in my opinion by external pressures. He, and I think I think the series is about him finding that internal motivation instead of what makes him want to be a superhero, what makes it rewarding for him instead of who is the next person who is pushing him to do something or other. And I think Debbie really shows this really well. Like his mother is actually very sensitive to his needs, even though she doesn't have superpowers herself. She just wants him to do what is right for him and let him yeah. make his own choices. Unlike Omni-Man, who kind of wants to direct mark in only the way that he wants it yeah that is so true and i think uh in the series um 
Debbie is kind of like the character that is like the most logical author, like like the one that every time she speaks, like you listen. Right. Yeah, that's so true. It's like it's like she's the voice of reason. Yeah, the voice of reason in the house of like two of the most super powered powered. Uh, beings on the earth <laughs> yeah and it's really and it's really great to see honestly because they could have so easily sidelined debbie because she's like a normie she's a normal person without any powers she you know she's a real estate agent she sells houses and she's a mother and that's mainly and 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 if you wrapped her identity in like a couple of descriptors that would be it that doesn't sound so impressive but they actually develop her character so well so that she can stand against these two giants who can literally lift mountains and fight in outer space. And I think that was a really nice touch in that they really gave Debbie a place to shine instead of diminishing her into a subservient wife role, that which could have been super easily done. Especially with like the tropes of superheroes' wives being yeah. like the thing that motivates them. True. And the things that's supposed to ground them instead of giving him giving them like their own characters. And I think Invincible avoided that trap really well. Yeah. Well speaking of Debbie and how strong a woman she is, I feel like all the women in this movie deserve some praise as well. Yes, I'm going to snap, but like trying to snap very quietly so it doesn't like ruin anyone who's listening <laughs> to this on earphones. I'm so sorry, but here, some satisfying snaps. Okay. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, well, Amber is the first one that I'd like to talk about because he, uh, being Mark's girlfriend, uh, you should know that the start of this relationship is entirely uh, accounted to Amber. Mark basically just like, well, what did Mark do? Mark was just, at the beginning of the relationship, he, I mean, he wasn't, necessarily overtly interested in her but he was trying to defend her honor and do nice things oh yeah even though she could even though she totally stood up for herself in a much more effective way than mark did and and then afterwards actually amber was the one who took initiative and said are you interested in me would you like to go out on a date and i thought that was really cool like someone really straightforward yeah and direct straightforward she know what she want Mm-hmm. She she know like, what what she need what she need Marks to do yeah 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 she really didn't take any of Marks shit when he was ditching her when he wasn't making time for her when he was hiding things from her again it's super easy to fall into that stereotype of if you're the significant other or a love interest of a superhero then you have to tolerate with them not being there but that's not always the case like you should demand the exact same things as you would in a regular relationship right honesty time commitment effort and amber really just called out invincible's bullshit and there was a there's this moment where he where we thought he was going to do this big reveal and finally tell her that he was a superhero and then she just had this most blank face and deadpan Hmm. answer like yeah i knew that i know like no secret I was just waiting for you to tell me yourself, why did it take you this long? And I was like, ooh, this woman has her life figured out, man. I did not expect that as well. Yeah, honestly, Amber was 
so well done because of that. She stood her ground. She respected she respected everyone around her, but also fundamentally she respected herself and she knew that if Mark couldn't make the time for her, then she deserved better. And I think that's a very healthy mindset for for anyone to think of in terms of relationship, at least in my opinion. I think you have to love yourself first before you can really love your love somebody else and working on that is really necessary. But yeah. Amber and Mark really made me happy as a couple because it really could have been made into a love triangle with Adam Eve. Like that could have been so easily done because I think they're canon in the comics. But the act but the uh, but the directors didn't force the Adam Eve and Mark relationship in the first season. They they just yeah. kind of let Amber and Mark have their own moment. Yeah. I mean like Amber he's like she is I I wonder what Amber would become, what kind of superhero she would become if she had superpower because her mentality is much stronger than Mark. Or like like I think most of the characters in the yeah, movies as well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, she really knows herself and she actually helps Mark a lot in figuring out how he needs to act and you know treat others and she's also the reason why adam eve decided to be the way that she is right like because um amber she does not like only cares about much she cares about people too we've seen that when she when we know that she also volunteer Mm -hmm. at this yeah uh, like community center community center yeah and this one time that she asked Mark to be there with her, which Mark didn't show up because, uh, oh, this was the episode that it was the episode that Mark fight Titan, or oh, not fight Titans, but like, help Titan, help yeah. Titan, yeah, yeah. And it it was the episode that Amber came, uh, I mean Adam Eve came with her, yeah. So, yeah, I just realized this that just now but like amber really has a pull to like 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 some of the main characters in the movies yeah no for sure yeah for sure i think that's the nice thing about amber is that she's not just like the romantic interest she's her own character who is actually a really big advisor to both mark and adam eve i think the sentence that really turned adam eve into the kind of hero that she wanted to be was something like you you create the community or you create the society that you want to live in. And Adam Eve at the time was already struggling with, you know, being part of the new Guardians of the Globe, but she didn't really want to be part of that because, you know, cheating ex and cheating best friend. Yeah. And so she was thinking about how she could have an impact that might not directly involve violence. And then she came onto the idea of just you know, removing herself, isolating herself, and then helping through stopping natural disasters, helping crops grow. And honestly, the amount of benefits that she created in a couple of short minutes of the episode was insane. Like, we were both so shook when she just, like, made plants grow to the height of, like, an entire human. I mean, well... Uh, let's let's put Adam Eve's uh, characters and uh, characteristics and like her mentals mentalities aside for a second. What what the heck is her power? What? 
Yeah, it's so overpowered. Yeah. Even though it doesn't seem that way because they diminish the scope of it yeah. in the fight scenes. But if you think about it, like her powers are added manipulation. So that's really low level that's, that's in insane. the best way. Yeah. Yeah, like um I think the in the first few episodes that she was introduced, I thought her powers was was like just making these pink little shields and pink little power balls to shoot at the aliens. But no. I mean, she she creates everything. She can create everything from anything. We literally see her make a treehouse in two seconds. Like, Elsa? Who is Elsa? What is Elsa's castle? Like, that's just... That's nowhere near the, the level of Adam Eve's power. And I think this is a point that I was a little bit disappointed in the show about, in which they didn't really elaborate on the scope and the full capabilities of Adam Eve, but maybe it's just because, you know, again, she's young, she's still figuring things out, she's not at, like, her prime slash her peak yet, so maybe that's why the powers weren't explained so well, but still, what an OP power. Yeah, so it is uh, exactly because her power was not explained so well that I believe that this TV series does not focus on uh, superheroes because of their powers. But because of their, like, characteristics and developments. As humans, not necessarily as heroes, but as regular people. What are their character development arcs? Yeah, which is, like, I think one of Robert Kirkman's, like, uh, most um, uh, significant, noticeable. I mean, it it is his signature thing that he do in uh, comics or just products in general that he produced, like, he would focus on the humanity, uh, the whole, the humanity in his characters, like, when he throws them into circumstances that does not seem so human. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, Robert Kirkman is the, the, uh, creator of the Walking Dead series. And if you do not know, it was, uh, a, a comic book series about zombies and but like The Walking Dead is the one zombie movie no the one zombie series that actually focus on how human behave and how they treat each other and how how they survive in the zombie series not mm-hmm. not how they survive as in how they kill zombies but how they treat each other yeah 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 and yeah, that definitely, that's a really good point in that this show focuses so much less on just, oh, this man has a cool power, what's his origin story? It's more about how does a superhero deal with all the problems that society has, like classism and um, class inequality? What do they do when, you know, their parents don't agree with them? If their parents are sexist or racist or want to, you know, dominate the entire planet slash universe slash space. Like, how do they deal with these moral questions and really large dilemmas? And I think that's what makes a show so different from your regular stereotype, right? And again, like, the kind of moral questions that are slightly touched on by, you know, like Thanos trying to wipe out half of the universe. And we kind of see the ramifications of that in WandaVision and the 
Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but I feel like Invincible deals with it much more head on. Yeah. Well, yeah, because like, but one of the one of the examples that one of the biggest example that you can see, like, uh, is is robots uh storyline. So, what robot did was, oh well, robots is actually a uh inst- instead of being an actual robot, he was actually controlled by some kind of deformed human. Yeah, 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 like and, a bo- like an underdeveloped yeah body. So what he did was he just still he stole another person's DNA and make a replicate of that person uh, using the DNA and then he duplicate his mind and transfer that duplicated mind into the new body to make a new body for himself. Yeah, so that, I mean that scenario you wouldn't get in the regular world, right? Like that's still technology that's years beyond our reach yeah. still. But, but we can yeah. still talk about the ethical, the moral, yeah. yeah, the moral and ethical questions that that kind of action brings up. Mm. Yeah. So, um, so personally, I believe that this is definitely a fuck up thing to do, and. Even though robot is a superhero, this is something that, like, seems like oh, only a supervillain would do. Mm-hmm. So he had this plan to re- release two of the most dangerous criminals in the prison outside, and just um, trick them into working for him, which could go very wrong because. It, yeah, dangerous, dangerous criminals. criminals. Yeah, um, and uh, after like what's mm, exploiting. Yeah, so after exploiting their uh, uh, cloning techniques, he just um, after getting a new body, he basically didn't really care about cleaning up what he did. He just sent some robots. To deal with the Marlers, that's their name, the, the twin dangerous um, criminals. Yeah, so I think what Robot did was like not really that bright for someone who is supposed to be really smart. Yeah, but I, I think it's definitely one of those scenes slash story arcs that really questions, does the end justify the mean? Because the end goal was just for Robot because he really cared about another hero called Monster Girl who is kind of like the Hulk version but with more side effects. So the so anytime that she turns into this hulking green beast monster, she becomes younger. And so he wanted to show her that it was okay like that she could deal with the repercussions of this and she could get a new body that was more correctly her age and that she wasn't alone so that was his goal but also in a more self-centered way it was because he really liked her and he wanted her company and so that's why he did what he did so i think the motivations are things that we can all somewhat relate to and it's not something you know villainous in nature but the method that he went about it is definitely 
very questionable, both morally and in terms of just safety-wise. Like, why would you endanger society just for the sake of making one girl feel better, right? It's it's a thing about trade-offs and does the end justify the mean? And I think that was a really well-done story arc that raised a lot of questions for the audience to consider themselves. Like, it, they don't give an answer, but... They just kind of leave it dangling. Like, you decide what do you think. Yeah, that's true. Which uh, I think it's opened up a lot of um, uh, things to develop in a season two. Yeah. yeah. And also, what should we expect in season two? So we have, of course, um, Invincible's continual development to become a more powerful superhero. And now then we have robot stories. And, and what... As the models that I remember, there were flaws in, in the cloning technique. I mean, it's not uh-huh. completely perfect. So, so what this like? I mean, like he could became a little uh, unstable when mm-hmm. he got his new Maybe, body. Yeah. yeah. So I think yeah, that is. So I think that. So I think that's um, one of the things that we can expect, mm-hmm. and and then we still have the question of where did Omni Man go? So. In the last episode, uh, after beating Mark's almost dead, and uh, Only Man has this flashback of uh, Mark's playing baseball, uh, I think when he was some like a toddler. And um, while at first Only Man finding that, at first Only Man found that watching his son playing basketball, baseball is a waste of time. He still, like, after, after Debbie's talking to him, of course, Debbie, uh, he enjoyed seeing his son winning the game. And at that moment, he realized that he has, uh, still has this, uh, love for his son that he feel bad beating him to death. And he just flew off into space. But mm-hmm. not before giving us one of the best meme ever. Yeah, of course you're still stuck on the memes. You <laughs> meme guy. You Redditor. <laughs> yeah, so with Omni-Man gone, we can expect that he will definitely return in season 2. Mm-hmm. And I think I've read somewhere in an article saying that season 2 will branch out into actual space. Like Yeah. Yeah. Like, um... Invincible would not be like fighting on Earth only, but he would go to other places in yeah. the universe as well. I mean, yeah, I think that would be super cool because in season one, we only see a little, little bit of Mars and then a little bit of the moon and a tiny bit of when, you know, some aliens were invading yeah. Earth and then Omni-Man went to clean up and basically annihilated the entire planet in, again minute like minutes while saying you know this is not your planet to colonize so you know hat like hats off to that little bit of a tip off as to what it was a foreshadowing exactly a foreshadowing as to why he was actually on earth in the first place but yeah so we get a little bit of that but that's really not the main story like we still have so many loose ends about what happens to mars where did that lion like really strong lion yeah speaking of mars yeah so suppose 
like so uh, what we were shown at the end of that episode about Mars was uh, the four astronauts that were sent to Mars only three actually returned one of them returned as a Martian in disguise yeah yeah so we have a Martian on Earth and then I th- I, th- I think because um, the uh, uh, left the astronaut that was left on Mars was co- were controlled by that rainy thing. Yeah, like the squid-looking, yeah, ugly little guys. Yeah, so probably that squid thing will will find a way to I don't know control entire Mars. Yeah, maybe or somehow continue its invasion to Earth or beyond the galaxy. But yeah, again. So many loose ends. Yeah, I feel, because I think the comics book has been running for a while, right? They have like more than hundreds of chapters. So they, the TV series, the makers, has a lot of material to work on. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, they definitely gave us a lot of beginnings of things without really giving us an end. Which I think is because the episodes tend to be pretty self-contained. Like you have a Titan story, which is very is its own thing but has a lot of consequences down the line you have the uh, william storyline with the genius that just basically went and made half humanoid half robot people without their consent just like experimenting on them in an underground lab an underground laboratory and so all of those stories are kind of their own things but they all tie up into they all tie up they all tie up into how mark sees himself and how he develops as a superhero and what he wants to do in his life and so i think a lot of them are left unfinished because mark's development isn't done it's still going to continue and then these things will also continue to see how will mark react to them later on yeah i really look forward and to mark actually develop into a super buff superhero that can actually defeat Omni Man. I mean, he is far from that right now, but he has this potential, you know. Yeah, and he also has at least a heart that we can that yeah. we can understand and we can actually root for. Yeah, unlike Omni Man. The only thing he's like is power and experience, which will be developed over time. Yeah. Also, I mean the other thing that he would lack in a fight against Omni-Man is like motivation to finish off his dad to make sure Uh, that doesn't happen right the same way that Omni-Man has a problem with finishing off his son the same way would Mark have a similar hesitation when it comes to that final you know finish him moment personally I think Mark would not be able to finish his own father but I don't know I guess we'll see yeah season two and hopefully season three and four and however long that Amazon decides to run the show, we'll both be staying tuned for those developments because I think there's still a lot of the story to be seen, right? Yeah, me too. But yeah, I think that's it for us today. Thank you so much for listening and hearing our thoughts about Invincible. If you have any comments or thoughts, please feel free to message 
us um, or me specifically and i'll just show it to him uh-huh. <laughs> as i receive them but again you can do that through my instagram my email or the message me function on anchor.fm thank you so much for being here hung did you enjoy talking to everyone on yes, the podcast yes <laughs> thank you for inviting me thank you for letting me share my thoughts and yeah i'm really glad to be a part of this awesome podcast Oh, you're too nice. Thank you. But yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode as much as we did in making it. Uh, Fun fact, this is actually the second time that we've done this. So if a little bit of the the conversation feels a little bit, you know, pausey or stilted, it's because we're trying to remember what we decided on yesterday and then what else we did include, what else we wanted to discuss. So do excuse a little bit of those pauses in between. Also, if technical difficulties arise, I've never recorded with a second person on yeah. one mic before. So and this was fun. I have never actually recorded myself at all. But he's done great, guys, right? Give him a round of applause. Ooh. Uh, uh. thank you guys for joining us today and we look forward to doing another episode together and hopefully you'll stay tuned for that whenever that comes and also we'll listen to next week's podcast which will probably just be me again if you're not bored of me yet anyways thank you guys for listening and i'll see you next week bye bye